Hello and welcome to our latest episode of the Christmas Alphabet Podcast. I'm Wayne, I'm your host guiding you through Christmas facts and feelings. We do this every two weeks, all year round, and we do it in alphabetical order. We look at anything to do with Christmas that starts with just one single letter of the alphabet. And today we're on to episode Q. Today we have a few Qs in our Christmas alphabet podcast. To be honest, there's a bit of a shortage of Qs. But we'll start with the Queen's speech and the history behind Quirinius, governor of Syria. And then we'll have a treat for you with a nice little Christmas quiz. We love a quiz. Quite enough for one quick podcast episode. It's all here on the Christmas alphabet podcast. Today we're on the letter Q and Q is for the Queen's speech. If you live in Britain three o'clock in the afternoon on Christmas Day means only one thing watching the Queen deliver her annual speech to the Commonwealth. Although to be honest it doesn't, not really anymore. These days, most people in Britain are doing other things at three o'clock on Christmas Day, like opening presents, or eating Christmas pudding, or playing games, or watching a film, or falling asleep, or going to the pub. There are so many options that the poor old Queen is not the unmissable attraction she once was. And these days, you can catch up with what the Queen said on the news or on your phone. What we call the Queen's Christmas message has been delivered by Queen Elizabeth ever since she took the throne in 1952, that's 70 years ago. The Queen's Christmas speech is not to be confused with the annual Queen's speech at the opening of Parliament. That one is a political statement written by the government that the Queen just reads out. The Christmas speech is her own words and very personal. The first royal Christmas message was, well, less personal and wasn't written by the monarch. The first one was 90 years ago in 1932, delivered by King George V, the current Queen's grandfather. That one was actually written by Rudyard Kipling, the the one who wrote The Jungle Book. It was all about prosperity fuelled by technology. George V only lived to deliver four Christmas broadcasts. And his son, George VI, always found broadcasts challenging due to his stammer. You may have seen the film The King's Speech about the challenge the King had in making broadcast speeches. Our current Queen, who has just celebrated 70 years on the throne, continued and developed and modernised the Christmas Day speech. It went on the television in 1957, And now it's not just her speaking from her home, it includes filmed inserts and edited highlights of her year, but the core of it is still a personal message from the Queen's family to our families. The Queen often uses the Christmas message to summarise the year, whether it's been a good year or a bad year, like it was back in 1992 when she said she'd had a terrible year, what she called her Annus Horribilis, This last year, she also reflected on the death of her husband. It was really moving to hear the Queen say, Christmas can be hard for those who have lost loved ones. This year especially, I understand why. 
The speech usually includes the Queen reflecting on her own Christian faith and why Christmas is important to her as the birth of Jesus. Last year she spoke about being supported by the bedrock of her Christian faith. Now it's true that some British people couldn't care less about the Queen or her speech, but it is part of the traditional British Christmas, and will likely stay so in the generations to come. Q is for the Queen's Christmas speech, and this is the Christmas Alphabet Podcast. Today we're on the letter Q in the Christmas Alphabet Podcast, where Q is for Quirinius. Quirinius has an important role in Christmas history. In fact, he kind of roots Christmas in history. Quirinius is mentioned in the Gospel of Luke in the Christmas story. Luke's Gospel is the one that tells us most of the familiar bits of the Nativity story. How Mary was visited by an angel and was told she was having a baby. Luke tells us how Mary and Joseph went from Nazareth to Bethlehem because of a census. And while they were in Bethlehem, Jesus was born and laid in a manger. Luke is also the one who tells us about the shepherds who went to see the baby after a visit from some angels. If you've heard Luke's Gospel being read, then the reading will have started like this. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria, and everyone went to their own town to register. If you've had to read it out loud, you may have tripped over that name, Quirinius. It's a tricky one. There's two names there of people we know for sure from other places in history. One, of course, is Augustus, Caesar Augustus, the first Roman emperor. The other is Q for Quirinius. He would have been well known to Emperor Augustus as he was tutor to his grandson. We know he served in lots of official positions for the emperor. He was governor of Crete and later governor of Syria, which at that time included Judea, where Bethlehem was. We also know that Quirinius loved a census. He was famous for them. So Luke mentions Quirinius in his Gospel partly to say that this isn't made-up stuff. This is history, this is politics, this is real-life events going on. But we do have to say that we're left with some questions about Luke's mention of Quirinius. We know from other history sources that Quirinius was involved with the census in 6 AD, but King Herod was dead by then. So it can't be that census that caused Joseph to travel to Bethlehem, because at that time Herod was still alive. The census that Luke mentions, and having Quirinius governor at the same time, doesn't quite match up to the amount of Roman history that we know of. But Quirinius, along with Augustus, brings Christmas out of the storybooks and into history. Perhaps history that we're yet to find out about, but it does root the Jesus story, the story of the birth of Jesus, in history. Q is for Quirinius, a long-ago link with the birth of Jesus 
at the first Christmas. And this is the Christmas Alphabet Podcast. Today we're looking at the letter Q on the Christmas Alphabet Podcast. I'm Wayne, your host. Now it's time to look at a couple of Qs that didn't quite make it into our main alphabet. Q is for the Latin Christmas carol, Qui Creavit Salem. That was one of the last carols written in England in Latin. It dates from the 15th century and was composed by the nuns of St Mary's Chester, not far from where I live. The words mean, He who made the heavens, and it tells the story of the birth of the baby who came from the heavens to be born in Bethlehem. You can find it on YouTube by the King Singers, among others. I like the King Singers, they're worth listening to. Q is for Qualtuk. Now you'll need that spelling. It's spelt Q-U-A-L-T-A-G-H, or sometimes Q-U-A-L-T-A-G-H. I know. Uh, but it is pronounced Qualtuk. What language is that, you say? Well, Qualtuk is part of the tradition of the Isle of Man, an island between England and Ireland with a culture all of its own and a language all of its own. It's part of the Manx language. A Qualtuk is a bit like a first footing tradition in Scotland and England, except that the Qualtuk is the first person to come through your door in the new year or sometimes the first person you see when you leave your house at the beginning of the new year. And this person is supposed to greet you with the Qualtuk blessing which goes, here's health and peace and age of life and happiness forever. Now you'd never known that would you if we weren't short of things beginning with Q. Yeah I know. This is the Christmas Alphabet Podcast, and we're looking today at the letter Q. Now, I have to admit it, we've struggled today to find much Christmas stuff starting with Q, and we usually finish our episodes with the story behind a Christmas song, but today, no, there aren't any, not any worth mentioning at least. I can't find a good Christmas song beginning with Q. So I'm ending this episode with Q is for quiz, specifically quizzing at Christmas and Christmas quizzes. And I've even got a quiz for you. Get yourself ready for that. Quiz is a big thing, especially here in Britain. And as I understand it, not so much in the United States. Some of you Americans listening to this may tell me otherwise, but that's how I understand it. Quizzes are a massive part of what's on the telly over in Britain. From the highbrow quizzes like University Challenge and Only Connect to the lowbrow quizzes like The Wall and Tipping Point. Quiz is also a major hobby and entered into very seriously from regular pub quizzes to the various quiz leagues, uh, the British Quizzing Championship and the World Quizzing Championships. There are an increasing number of professional quizzers whose whole life and career is knowing stuff and remembering it under pressure. I've even done a bit of quizzing myself. Most ordinary people who don't really do quizzes are drawn into quiz at one time of the year more than any other, and that's Christmas. A Google search for Christmas quiz gives you more than half a million results. 
and there's some good quizzes out there and some nonsense don't take seriously everything you find online in terms of questions and answers for Christmas quizzes but of course Christmas is a great time for games of all kinds it's a time when you meet with people and often with people you don't see much the rest of the year so what can you do together you can't just sit around not talking and you can't just keep on eating well not all the time so you have to do something together it's too cold to get outside much at least it is where I live and we all like different music and different films so we play indoor games and have a quiz and fall out over that instead so Q is for quiz the Christmas essential and I'm going to finish this episode with a Christmas quiz just for you and especially for my favourite people those who are subscribed to this podcast and have been listening to previous episodes right from the beginning, right from letter A. So here's ten questions that are an alphabetical Christmas quiz. If you've been listening to the podcast, that will be a big help. And if not, it may just make you go back and listen to what you've missed. So, ten questions for your Christmas quiz. I'll give you the questions, and then I'll give you the ten answers. Are you ready? Question one. What do you call the four weeks leading up to Christmas? What do you call the four weeks leading up to Christmas? Question two. The day after Christmas Day, December the 26th, is St Stephen's Day. But what name is it also given in British and Commonwealth countries? December the 26th is given a name in British and Commonwealth countries. What is it? And question three. Which Christmas carol is a lament for the killing of babies in Bethlehem and is known for its chorus, Lule Lula? That's question three. Which Christmas carol is in the form of a lament for the killing of the babies in Bethlehem and is known for its chorus, Lule Lula. Question four. Which author wrote the Christmas story, The Cricket on the Hearth? Which author wrote the Christmas story, The Cricket on the Hearth? Question five. Which Christmas film stars Will Ferrell and Zoe Deschanel? Which Christmas film, movie, stars Will Ferrell and Zoe Deschanel? We're halfway through. That's question five. Five more to come. Question six. Which winter character has a corncob pipe and a button nose? I'm sure you know that one. Which winter character has a corncob pipe and a button nose? Number seven, maybe a bit more difficult. Which British sitcom had a Christmas special in 2019, which was the most watched programme in Britain that year? Which British sitcom had a Christmas special in 2019, which was the most watched programme in Britain that year, 2019? 
That's question seven. Question eight. Which classic Christmas song was first heard in the film Meet Me in St. Louis? Which classic Christmas song was first heard in the film Meet Me in St. Louis? Two more to go. Question nine. Which Christmas writer sometimes wrote under the pseudonym Diedrich Knickerbocker? Which Christmas writer wrote under the pseudonym Dietrich Knickerbocker? And your final question, question 10. In which country is eating KFC the traditional treat for Christmas dinner? Where in the world, in which country is eating KFC the traditional treat for Christmas dinner? And those are your 10 questions. If you want to hear them again, well, you're listening to the podcast, pause and rewind it. That's all you have to do. I'm going straight on to the answers now. I'll remind you of the questions and I'll give you the answers to each one. Give yourself however many points you care for each one. If you want to give yourself half a point, that's up to you. I'm not here to judge. Okay, here's the answers. What do you call the four weeks leading up to Christmas? The answer to that one is Advent. Advent. Question two, the day after Christmas Day, December the 26th, is known as Boxing Day. I'm sure you knew that one. Boxing Day. Question three, the Christmas carol that laments the killing of babies in Bethlehem is the Coventry Carol. The Coventry Carol. Question four, which author wrote the Christmas story, The Cricket on the Hearth? That was Charles Dickens. Better known for A Christmas Carol, but he wrote The Cricket on the Hearth as well, Charles Dickens. And number five, which film stars Will Ferrell and Zoe Deschanel? You knew that one, didn't you? It's Elf. Number six, which winter character has a corncob pipe and a button nose? That's Frosty the Snowman from the song and the animation. Frosty the Snowman. Number seven, which British sitcom had a Christmas special in 2019 that was immensely popular? The answer to that is Gavin and Stacey. Gavin and Stacey. Question eight, which uh, Christmas song was first heard in the film Meet Me in St. Louis? Not really a Christmas movie, but had a classic Christmas song in it. The song was Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas, sung by Judy Garland. Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas is what I was looking for there in question eight. Question nine, which Christmas writer wrote under the pseudonym Dietrich Knickerbocker? That was Washington Irving. Washington Irving. And number ten, in which country is eating KFC the traditional treat for Christmas? It is Japan. That's your ten questions and answers. How did you get on? Who got ten right? Nine, eight, seven. Well done. Well done. However well you did. Well done. This being the Christmas Alphabet Podcast, I'm sure you've worked out that the answers follow the first ten letters of the alphabet. And all of them were mentioned in the first ten episodes of this podcast. If you missed them, now's your opportunity to go back and listen to them. Q is for quizzing at Christmas.
This is the Christmas Alphabet Podcast. I'm your host, Wayne, and we're coming now to the end of our episode for the letter Q. All the music on this podcast is in the public domain or used for review purposes. Please subscribe to the Christmas Alphabet Podcast. Please tell your friends all about us. Follow us on social media at Christmas Alphabet Podcast on Facebook, at Christmas Alpha on Twitter, Christmas Alphabet on Instagram. Please leave us a review on Facebook or wherever you listen to this. Uh, you can look at our website at christmasalphabet.com and send me a note by email at wayne at christmasalphabet.com. Come back for more alphabetical Christmas in two weeks with Christmas objects starting with the letter R. Among our R's we'll have Rudolph and the other reindeer, the red-breasted Robin and a couple of great songs rocking around the Christmas tree and that beautiful enigmatic song, River. Please subscribe, please spread the word, and may the joy of Christmas be with you all year round.